Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and great news, everyone. We have found her. She was passed out on her floor because she was so excited about the thing we're going to be discussing today. Not the fact that she's on the episode, but the fact that she is finally getting her She-Hulk show slash movie. Beppo is back. Oh my goodness, my goodness. I have been fainting like a southern belle ever since. (laughs) (laughs) I ooh, I can't wait. Well, other than being in a small fangirl coma, how have you been? I've been hanging in there, man. I've been hanging in there. Uh, I'm getting real sick and tired of hearing crap about my She-Hulk, so I'm here to defend her <laughs> with all of my love and heart and soul and glory. Yeah, there, there's no way we could talk She-Hulk without having you on, so we, I appreciate you taking the time. Be prepared for like a two out two and a half hour long segment where I break down the history of Jennifer <laughs> Walters. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, among other things. Yeah, that that is why we're here. We're here for the Beppo TED Talk on She-Hulk. Yeah. So with that, um, we do have a few other things to discuss this week. We're going to be talking about a little bit of Star Wars Celebration Anaheim with some news that came out. And I have a, uh, a returning segment, uh, Scar Wars, when we come back. But first, we are going to hear from our friends, Brendan and Matt, at the Unsheft Podcast. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. This is Brendan from the Unsheft Podcast. Each week on Unsheft, we unpack a topic regarding the politics and history of our plates in the hope of becoming better eaters. That's Unsheft, available now on your preferred podcast network. And we are back. Um, So with the... There's no real good transition into this Um, with the debut of the Obi-Wan series. There has been. Well, okay, sorry. Starting again, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to leave all this in because, again, it's just so frustrating that we even have to talk about this shit. (laughs) I will Um, let you go ahead on your own official (laughs) Star Wars rants. Go for it. Yes, Star Wars begins now. So Moses Ingram has been getting a lot of grief from some really toxic members of the no i mean i'm not even going to say they're star wars fans for toxic members of like nerd gamergate corner of the bullshit she has been getting death threats racial slurs thrown at her because she's playing a character that is not meant to be liked and people don't like her it's really strange that there's this weird disconnect I've seen one thing come up where everyone's like, well, what about what with Gina Carano? Why did she get fired for doing this? She did not do the same thing. Gina Carano was spewing Nazi propaganda as Gina Carano, not in character. She was not, she was fine in her character, but as a person, Gina Carano is a piece of shit that did not deserve to have a job, especially in something like star Wars. So, Anyone who's trying to compare Moses Ingram to Gina Carano can fuck right off. What's happening to her is harassment and it's racially motivated with a lot of people as well. Yes, Gina Carano received death threats from people. Those people are not cool, but Gina Carano is a piece of shit human who did not deserve to have a job. But do not compare what's happening to Moses Ingram to what happened to Gina Carano. They are not the same. Moses Ingram just is getting all this vitriol for no reason other than the fact that she is reading a script and acting. Anyone who thinks that the character is abrasive, that is the point. You're not supposed to like her. So if you're getting upset by her performance, that's probably because she's a really good actor. Think about it that way. I'm not a fan of the character because again, she's abrasive and you're not meant to like her. So like, I'm not liking her. That's the point of acting. That's the point of storytelling. If you feel the need to attack an actor for playing a character, don't is the main point, especially if you think you have the right to drop racial slurs at that person. You don't. Don't be a piece of shit. Don't be Gina Carano. Scar Wars over. I I give you a clap, a golf clap. (laughs) Probably doesn't catch on the mic, but 
There you go. Clap, clap. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have input just because I am not a Star Wars person, but well said. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> it, it always cracks me up when people get angry at actors playing bad guys. Uh, I remember uh, the actor who played Joffrey from Game of Thrones. People like legitimately hated him and were like <laughs> sending him threats and like telling him he's a bad person. And the kid's actually amazingly kind. He's a super nice human being, uh, but obviously in a case like this, it is much more severe, but people are just shitty. <laughs> yeah, fans, again, I don't even know if I'd call them fans, but um, in lighter news, I'm going to try and rapid fire this because I know Star Wars is not your bag. Um, so I'm going to go through some of the Star Wars celebration stuff real quick with some of my thoughts. Go for it. So we have the announcement of the Andor series, which has been confirmed to be two seasons, 12 episodes each, leading directly into Rogue One. This is giving me some The Mandalorian feels because when The Mandalorian was announced, I was like, what's the point? Like, I don't care about this, but I really enjoy The Mandalorian and they've done, told a really great story. Uh, but right now, my interest is minimal because, again, I know where the story ends, but I'm hoping it'll be good. We also got a trailer for Willow. I have no nostalgia for Willow. Uh, Beppo, I don't know if you ever saw Willow or if you have any feelings towards Willow. Uh, I have none. It's a movie that I've barely even heard of before, but I, I wasn't raised on a ton of movies. So to be fair, I've missed out on a lot. So I have, again, no input. Yeah, I, I have minimal input as well. I saw it a few times as a kid, but it never really latched for me like... I saw Warwick Davis, didn't know his significance to the Star Wars universe, later realized Val Kilmer was in it. And then other than that, I have no idea of like what the story is. Um, I know that the kid that plays Flash Thompson, Tony uh, Revolori, is in it. And it's going to be hard for me to like him as a character because they've done such a good job of making him such a twat waffle in Spider-Man movies. With this little bit of news about the skeleton crew, when I tell you that this is going to be a coming-of-age story, what comes to mind when someone says it's a coming-of-age story? Oh, gosh. Just in general? Yeah. Like, when someone tells you this is a coming-of-age story, what what kind of story beats or character tropes do you think of when you hear that description? Well, uh, first and foremost, usually an allegory for puberty in some way or another. Usually some sort of harsh reality hitting a young person that kind of causes them to grow up very fast or realize that, hey, the, the life isn't all sunshine, rainbows and gumdrops. So like, you know, like, for example, like Simba, like Mufasa dying uh, and and Simba having to run off. That's almost like a, you know, the, the wham moment. And then, of course, him coming back and realizing that, hey, you actually have to act like a king. That's kind of his coming of age and everything. But that's usually kind of what I think of, like, off the top of my head without any any prompting or further, <laughs> like, really deep dive. No, I, I think you nailed it. That's perfect. So the director of this, I believe it's going to be a series is John Watts, who directed the new Spider-Man movies, which would you say those are coming-of-age stories about a young Spider-Man or a young Peter Parker? Yeah, I, for me personally, I definitely would say they are, um, especially not only the, the most recent one, but kind of built up as a trilogy because in each one he grows as a person, but from completely different experiences. And obviously with the third movie, it's a much harsher experience compared to like the first movie where he kind of learns that hey he has limits and and he doesn't have to he needs to not rely on tech and all this like he can be a hero just by himself but i would say yeah i think they did a, a fairly good job so when this is described as a coming of age story you you think young actor you think someone up and coming you, you it's like kind of like what star wars does yeah they, they get a bunch of unknowns. <laughs> yes, I suppose. They're, I am trapping you, by the way. Yes, this is you are trap. trapping me. Uh, I know of a couple coming of age stories where it's almost like midlife crisis coming of age, but I see where you're going with this. Yeah, so they hired that young up-and-comer Jude Law to lead this movie. <laughs> ah, yes, an unknown. 
<laughs> so it's it's supposed to be a story about a, a space crew that gets lost in the Star Wars universe and Jude Law is the captain or the I, I'm guessing some kind of main character or maybe he's the uh the wise old leader of the the hero's journey trope or something. I don't know, but they're like, "Hey, it's a coming of age story starring Jude Law." So maybe they're going with the midlife crisis idea that you just described. Right. <laughs> what? No, no, actually he's um He's just like got the Benjamin Button thing and he's actually a high schooler. <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. It it makes sense. But yeah, no, I can see uh I would actually love to see a an a more adult coming of age story because it can happen. Uh, a coming of age can happen at any time in your life. Uh heck, I know a lot of people who tend to have their second quote unquote coming of age, usually in their early thirties. Uh, because that's kind of when you're out of your young adulthood where everything is either college or hanging out with friends and not having too many responsibilities. Because usually once you become a parent or a homeowner or you get that really big job, then you almost have this coming of age of, of maturity and, and kind of realizing, oh, okay, this is how life starts to work. So I don't know. I won't poo-poo it just yet. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Again, well said. I, I don't think I could have put it better myself. I just really felt like shitting on the description and then being like, and 50-year-old <laughs> Jude Law. I think that's kind of, that's where like shock headlines come in, in handy. I think they're purposefully trying to mislead people and thinking that it's a really weird setup when I guarantee it'll probably be not and it'll actually be pretty straightforward or or endearing or or even thought provoking uh but saying it's a coming of age story for a how old is jula he's like, he's closing 50s? in on 50 if he's not already there okay yeah yeah a 50 year old ish man having a coming of age yeah i can i can dig it i can dig it i i won't i won't be a jerk i'll wait until i see more uh, he's born in 72. So yeah, he's basically turning 50 this year. There you go. Bam. Right on money. I almost guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, John, John Watts is directing. So I, I assume it'll be at least good, if not really good or great even. Again, just the, the premise seems interesting enough because again, like it's set in the Star Wars universe, but there's probably not going to be any Jedi or Jedi subplot. So who mm -hmm. knows? Honestly, I'm I'm fine with that. Just because, at least from what I know of the Star Wars universe, is that the stuff that a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans like are the side things that don't have to do with Darth Vader and the Skywalkers and stuff. Like a lot of the books and the comics and some of the animated shows open the universe to actually be a universe, not just a self-contained repeating story because that's that's the fun part of building lore is having the entire world fleshed out so again take this with a grain of salt because i'm not a huge star wars person but i'm welcoming it as far as just adding a new flavor to the star wars universe Speaking of Jedi, we did get the announcement for the next Star Wars game, which will be Star Wars Jedi Survivor, continuing the trials and tribulations of one Cal Kestis. Uh, I watched the trailer a couple of times to try and take a note or two, but I have no idea what the hell's going on. Uh, the ship is abandoned. Cal's the only one left, and he finds someone in uh, a Bacta tank at the end, which like they look kind of like Sephiroth, and I have no idea what's happening. So... Um, <laughs> Cool. Very excited. I'm actually going to be starting a I, by the time this episode airs, hopefully I will have finally done the stream. I tried to do one today as we recorded, but scheduling conflicts with the, the household didn't allow it. So I'm hoping that maybe by Friday this week that we're recording, um, I'll have had at least one or two streams of the first game. Exciting. Let me know if you need any help. I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, next up, we have Star Wars Vision Season 2 officially announced, which very cool. Um, they're non-canon stories um, told by anime creators with Star Wars twists to them, essentially. I don't know if you checked out Visions at all. I know you are a bit of an anime fan. Uh, again, I am. Uh, but again, I am a loser and I'm not into <laughs> Star Wars. So I actually did not. I didn't even know about the announcement, to be fair. But again, if it's a nice, a nice new flavor to add to the universe, I am all for it, hands down. 
I am the worst hot person to have on for the Star Wars segments. I'm so sorry. I'm here for S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I was just curious if you had seen Star Wars Visions since they're non-canon things with, again, they're just, it's anime with a Star Wars twist. Uh, the next batch of news, no pun intended, is the Bad Batch, which, okay, fine, as long as we're still getting some like in-canon animation shows. Uh, Star Wars needs to kind of go back to those stories. I think the animation lends itself really well. Um, I like Rebels a lot. One of the biggest issues I have with Obi-Wan right now is the fact that the Grand Inquisitor design is just bad. I, I, I don't really have any other words for it. Second to last news from Star Wars, they announced that Natasha Liu Bordizo will be playing the role of Sabine Wren, speaking of Star Wars Rebels. Uh, this news was announced back in mid-November, but is finally confirmed by Lucasfilm. Uh, they also announced that the uh, Astromech Chopper will be in the show, as well as other Rebels characters. So very excited for that because I love Ahsoka and I love Rebels. So with this being a live action continuation of Rebels, very, very excited to see where that goes. And then finally, Mandalorian season three coming sometime in 2023. And we will finally see Mandalore in live action, which is very exciting. But to be excited and get two people talking about things that we're excited about, Beppo, let's get into our first trailer, which is going to be Thor, Love, and Thunder. More specifically, the... (laughs) Yes. More specifically, the second trailer for Thor, Love, and Thunder, where we see Gore. Yes. So I don't know if you know this, but Chris Hemsworth, the reason he's so jacked is because he had actually finished filming a Hulk Hogan biopic before doing Thor Love and Thunder. Nice. So yeah, so he's extra ripped. I noticed that he was extra like manly bulky <laughs> and i'm sure yeah he's he's enormous and apparently the whole internet noticed as well uh from a single scene in said trailer <laughs> we know the one <laughs> <laughs> are we referring to the back tattoo uh maybe <laughs> or just or just how ripped he is uh, he's pretty ripped <laughs> Sorry, I'm blushing over here. <laughs> uh, I mean, as a general overall uh, consensus, I suppose, is it looked good. Me want, me can't wait, me excited. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm going to edit that so bad. <laughs> oh, no. I always put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Oh, no, um, I'm really stoked. I was a pretty big fan of the uh, Jane Foster Thor comic run. I thought it was just a really interesting and cool way to, I guess, handle the character. Uh, Should I go into talking about the comic or you think we should kind of leave that out in case people are interested in reading it later on for like spoilers or something? Um, We can dive into it a little bit because um, one of the notes I have here is um, when Jane takes over as the mighty Thor, once Thor just becomes the unworthy, Jane kind of has her own story, mainly based around Malekith and Dario Agar, the Minotaur. And I feel like Christian Bale is better suited for Dario Agar. Mm -hmm. I understand why they're doing Gore because Gore was a much more like widely acknowledged villain in jason aaron's run Mm -hmm. yeah he he stood out among the rest Mm -hmm. like that was that that was a great story and it was the first story it was the first story that uh jason aaron and asad ribich told sure and it 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 was fantastic i think it spanned like 25 issues Mm -hmm. too like it was a long arc right right uh but like i think christian bale really could channel patrick bateman from american psycho which is a role he's done before Mm -hmm. and the character also is like very cynical and snarky so that really fits into what taika waititi likes to do with dark humor yeah so i think dario agar the minotaur would have been a better villain for what taika waititi likes to do with the story Mm -hmm. but that is just me projecting i don't know what this movie is going to be the trailer the tone for gore feels really good the design is fine like i don't care that he looks like christian bale um it looks like he is going to be corrupted. Yeah, yeah. That's something I couldn't get over is that like, um, and it's fine. It's so many actors and actresses have been in these movies and you just know who they are by looking at them. Jeff Goldblum being one of them. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 
but for some reason just seeing like it's it's Christian Bale cosplaying Kratos to me (laughs) (laughs) that's what I see and I know that when I actually see the movie he is a really good actor and and he gets so immersed in any role he does so I know when I see it I will completely throw all of this uh you know preconceptions out of my head well I might still see cosplay Kratos (laughs) but (laughs) uh but I know I know he'll do a good job um Taika Waititi hasn't failed me yet uh, in the MCU and outside of the MCU uh, with like his movies like um, uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit and um, Hunt uh, for the Wilder People, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. shadows. What We Do in the Shadows. Thank you. I was going to say, we live in the shadows. That's not right. Oh, God. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Uh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows is also a very good TV show. Yes, yes. The TV show version is fantastic. Definitely agree there. But yeah, I'm actually, I'm very interested in seeing how they handle Jane in this because um, I guess small spoiler for anybody who wants to read the comic or, you know, hasn't gotten around to it yet. um, A big part of her character is the fact that she is actually dying from cancer and she is worthy of of becoming thor however every single time she transforms into thor it undoes all of the chemotherapy uh it basically washes it out so anytime she doesn't or that she's not transformed as thor and she goes back to just being jane she's essentially getting worse and worse and worse health wise and if i remember correctly she kind of just has this dilemma because it's like well why don't why don't you just stay thor all the time and it's almost like this, well, then I'm losing my humanity kind of a thing. And again, I, I, I could be misremembering because it has been several years since I read the series. But um, especially since they kind of make fun of the fact like, oh, I haven't seen you in like, what, two or three years? He's like, oh, it's been eight years, seven months and uh, 36 days, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to see if they kind of have more of a tragedy kind of that's been with her for the past several years or if it's just gonna be like hey guys natalie portman's back and she's uh she's a girl thor look at her isn't she cool she's got muscles she got muscles (laughs) (laughs) but i i do think that the the mighty thor costume looks great natalie portman looks amazing she's she's jacked too and the only thing that I think bothers me is that they're just completely ignoring the mystery of who the mighty Thor is. Yeah. That, I, that's part of it too. But I mean, that's more for the comics and the long form storytelling. Right. Right. I, yeah, I, I kind of feel you there. Um, because obviously in the teaser, I know we're talking trailer, but in the teaser, obviously the very last shot or second to last shot is, is a revealing of, female thor and for comic readers you'd already know who it is but honestly with the full helmet on and everything like that i personally couldn't tell that that was natalie portman um because i thought they did a good job of hiding her face and kind of including it in the trailer made it feel like that the only suspense was there was only for the teaser to the trailer not necessarily from the trailer to the movie you know Uh, Yeah, it's for general audiences to be like, oh, who is that? What's going on there? Mm -hmm. And then with the second trailer, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I'm super stoked for it. Um, Okay, now, please forgive me and feel free not to answer this because I have yet to see Multiverse of Madness. I am behind because I have not been able to leave my house. So unfortunately, I have to wait till Disney Plus or it's rentable, you know, online or something. But so in the trailer, it shows him reaching for Mjolnir and it's kind of cracked and it has these purple like glowing cracks in them. But Mm -hmm. um, again, correct me if I'm wrong. And if it has to do with Multiverse of Madness, do not tell me because I haven't seen it yet. But didn't wasn't the Thor's hammer functional in Endgame? Like it was I don't remember it being broken. They took uh, Mjolnir from the different universe. Yes. Okay. That's right. And then Steve brought it back later. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Okay. 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 Thank you. I completely forgot about that because I was like, come on. I, I remember seeing the hammer fully functional. What's going on here? But no, <laughs> you are correct. So actually, that's pretty interesting then the fact that uh, the last time we did see it would be when Hella shattered it. Then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the mystery they're going for is like, how is Mjolnir reformed? What's so right. special about Jane that she is able to reassemble it? Um, mm-hmm. Which uh, to that point, I do think one of the coolest shots in the trailer is I think they're on Olympus where uh, Jane eventually steps in to fight the Olympian guards and mm-hmm. she like disperses the fragments of Mjolnir to go like after like seven different guys. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it looked like a move out of like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, but it was just right. like the fragments of Mjolnir and came <laughs> back. Very cool idea. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I I I love my Marvel movies, even if I'm a little behind on them. <laughs> I, I blame I blame pandemic extending into year two for me personally because I still just the last movie I saw in theaters was uh, uh the last Spider-Man movie, which I just I could not not go to. You know, <laughs> like that was my entire build up from tiny little Beppo enjoying comic books <laughs> to still kind of tiny Beppo watching her first Spider-Man Raimi film and to adult Beppo who has completely lost her sanity with comics and games and love for Spider-Man. So um, call me a Marvel fangirl if you will, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just a fan of the direction that Taika Waititi has taken this entire uh, Thor franchise into, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, same. I I like him both. Thor, uh, he's a lot of fun. Um, I I will extend the invite. Um, I think Lewis, Erica, and I have discovered a loophole in the crowded theater idea where um, advanced screenings now happen at like three p.m. Oh, so like everyone's still at work. So we're like, okay, well let's let's take a a couple weeks to see how presale tickets go. Okay, there's only like six people in the theater. Let's let's snag our seats and go yeah yeah that would be awesome so just put in that pto request early and yeah join us on uh <laughs> july 7th oh goodness okay i will see what i can do <laughs> <laughs> see i was getting worried well i was getting worried there for a second because you're like i found a loophole i'm like uh josh you might want to <laughs> edit that out for legal reasons be careful <laughs> Pirate Bay doesn't exist in the Talking Smack yeah. world. We we pay for our no. movie theater tickets. Wink, wink. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, we do. I have a lot more money in my pocket if I didn't see every Marvel movie. <laughs> I have the ticket stubs to prove it on my AMC account. Yes. <laughs> so that, that's kind of all I really have for Thor. There's not much we can really project on because, again, they're, they're mostly showing us action beats. They're not showing us story beats. Yeah. I, I am excited for that. Although there is one thing that I caught in the, the first teaser trailer. I don't know if you saw it, um, but if you remember Meek from uh, Ragnarok, yeah. Korg's little buddy and yeah. like a weird maggot thing with scissor hands um, <laughs> in the first teaser trailer, he can be seen in the background in a dress. And so now I'm wondering if like maybe Meek is identifying as a woman, which is kind of cool. But again, we got to wait for the movie to come out to discern that. Yeah, uh, Meek Meek could just really like being pretty. <laughs> There's nothing. I wrong love with that. it. Yes, I love it. Meek is beautiful no matter what. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> I support Meek. <laughs> <laughs> Please, when you post this episode after editing, just with no context, put in hashtag I support Meek. Please. <laughs> Making that note now. Yes. <laughs> Sweet. Hashtag no contact. I support Meek. I think it's M E I K. <laughs> we'll do talking smack. Supports. <laughs> Not supper. St- God, autocorrect. Oh, you gotta love that. Oh my god. So anyway, there there is also on August 17th uh something. So, uh, what what was it again? It's um, oh gosh! Uh, <laughs> hmm, what could it be? <laughs> oh, and also, side, just quick thing. I know we've done a couple tangents here already. Now, um, we're not covering any of the Ms. Marvel trailers because, as of the day this episode drops, Ms. Marvel will be starting, and we will be watching uh, with 
bated breath uh, yes. waiting for this series to unfold because hooray, Ms. Marvel. Yes, yes. That's another one I'm a big fan of. Uh, and kind of like everyone else, I'm a little confused what they're doing with their powers exactly. But again, most of the changes Marvel has made, for the most part, I usually support because it works for the MCU uh, rather than it being a direct comic book copy. Um, they very much respect the source material, but they also... Uh, reference it rather than copy and paste usually so again i'm i'm going in with decent expectations i'm not low i'm not high i'm excited to see where miss marvel goes but that's not why we're here talking we're talking about the most amazing uh comic book character to have ever existed in the history of the universe captain america Fuck no. <laughs> Josh, I have been waiting for this moment, no exaggeration, for 30 years, but we finally have an official trailer for my She Hulk TV show, and I couldn't be more excited, and I am so ready to 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 say what I need to say. <laughs> I have so much in my mind, I don't know where to start. So how about, <laughs> how about you take the reins and I'll interject for like 30 minute tangents in between. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, hopefully we can keep, keep that 30 minute tangent in about 20-ish minutes. I'd like to keep the episode under an hour if possible, but I'm not going to shortchange you either. No, no, no. You misunderstand. It's, it's every single thing you say, I'm going to count <laughs> Plus 30 minutes. with a... With a 30-minute tangent. So if you have five gotcha. points towards it, then this is going to be a long-ass podcast. Well, shit. <laughs> did, you already, did you already snoop my notes? Because I think I have exactly five notes. Oh, oh look at me. Uh, no, go <laughs> ahead. You say yours, and I will say mine. So I, I kind of just went through the trailer and kind of took notes as we went by. So we, we have the, the opening monologue from Bruce, and then we get the... Or no, I'm sorry. It's Jen that's talking. She's like, I'm a lawyer. I'm I'm this, I'm that. Uh, and then we get to her boss talking about how they're going to make her the head of the superhero division, which mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's probably one of the few story beats we're getting. Uh, I feel like that's kind of a fake out or a misdirect. Like either she's gunning for that and he's going to be like, hey, we, we're going to make you the head of the, the security. Uh, no, actually, we're not. And it's going to kind of show how downtrodden she is because she's never getting what she wants. Um, right. Or she's just getting walked over because I think that could be the other thing it might be is like a, a pass the buck kind of promotion where she is genuinely getting this role, but it's because the boss doesn't want to deal with the press and the paperwork that comes with it. So she's getting yeah. the promotion essentially by proxy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm also curious about that as well. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like, hey, you're in charge of the superhero division because your your cousin is is the Hulk. So you're that's just we're just going to dump this on you. Um, and it's either going to be, oh, because you're the newbie or something like that. In the comic books, uh, specifically the Dan Slot run of 04 to like 05 ish. She was hired on to one of the most prestigious law firms. But in that they were like, hey, we want Jennifer Walters to represent us. And she's like, well, hell yeah, I can do that. And they're like, no, we don't want She-Hulk. We want Jennifer Walters. And it's an incredible journey of her learning to kind of reaccept her original kind of shy and mousy self. And I'm just, ah, I'm so excited because <laughs> I, I absolutely love the portrayal of Jen in this entire trailer from the little bits and pieces we get, because you can kind of see that she's very anxious. She's already overwhelmed. There's a line in the trailer. She's like, I just want to be a normal anonymous lawyer. And then of course, when she, she Hulk, she's like, they're like, damn girl, nice ass. And she's living <laughs> it up. She's loving this glow up, this giant green glow up. So I have many things to, to compliment about uh, in regards to references here and there. So please continue with your, half um so that, that's actually kind of what i was talking uh, i was going to get to in a little bit here is I, I do like that it feels like a story kind of a coming of age story where jen's kind of discovering who she is and becoming comfortable in her own skin which mm -hmm. again could kind of be an allegory for maybe a transgender person or a gay person or even like anyone who's identifies as lgbtq like 
it, it could be any of those things where you're kind of discovering mm-hmm. who you are and learning uh, to accept that. And then just like, like you said, the glow up that comes with that realization mm-hmm. and that acceptance. And, and of course that, I mean, uh, that's the wonderful thing about stories is that uh, you can tell one story and eight people reflect on it in different ways. And for me, at least as a, as a child growing up, I always saw Jen as the most confident, beautiful woman that I, I always wanted to be. And so for me personally, uh, when I see Jen, just this tiny kind of mousy shy person, while I am very outgoing, I think most women can at one point in their life agree that they've always felt insecure, be it with looks or personality. Like, again, if you're really shy and other people are super outgoing um, and then I kind of see it as like, hey, she finally becomes the most perfect version of herself. But there comes a balance with that because you can't just throw away your your real self deep down. You kind of have to bring the two together. So for me personally, while I am not, uh, for example, transgender or uh, you know, a gay or lesbian, that's my personal connection to it. But yes, that is not to invalidate any other person's uh, experiences and kind of relating to the story that will probably end up happening. And then uh, a couple of uh, in-universe things that pop out with me is um, I am curious what the superhero law division is referring to. Like, are they dissolving the Accords or is there something happening with the Accords finally that we're going to see with this legal drama that's also dressed up Mm -hmm. as a superhero show? Um, And then also we see Bruce as Smart Hulk, even though he has no arm cast. But the last time we saw him, he was Bruce Banner in... Uh, Shang-Chi in the post credits or the end of the movie there and uh, he still had his iron gauntlet arm sling going on mm-hmm. so like any any thoughts or speculation as to like where the this happens in the MCU timeline um not necessarily that but even though the damage was very severe on his arm with a snap um the Hulk himself has an incredible healing uh property so uh continuity wise it might be like well how did you you know that's kind of a a, you know um what's the word i'm looking for uh like a mcguffin it's like oh yeah well (laughs) it's gonna say hulk what happened to your arm didn't it get burned up oh well i got better (laughs) like it's just monty python so as far as that uh if they don't address it um i just chalk it up too because the hulk has a an incredible um healing factor uh and they might bring it up because maybe there's like an offhand comment where jen gets injured and she's like oh god maybe panicking or worried he's like no don't worry about it that's one of the perks it's one of the perks of going green you got great (laughs) healing there kid so uh it could be you know come off as like a comedic thing like that or who knows it could be completely ignored so again we will we'll see we'll see yeah i mean the rest of my stuff here is just kind of parrying from like the the bad cgi uh i I really clung to uh, there were a couple of uh villains that we saw we saw frogman which uh, again really briefly uh, is it titania titania uh titania yeah no titania is i believe how it's pronounced i've never said it out loud i've always read it in a comic book so um yeah that's that's usually jen's most common reoccurring villain at least in her solo comics and i think usually the second most reoccurring is the um oh god help me out here the brainy guy brainiac man the thinker oh my god yeah i'm pretty sure it's the thinker the guy that uh he gets the hulk blood but in his brain Yes, I was going to say they yeah. they teased on him in the uh, first MCU Hulk movie that obviously nothing really came of it. I'm really excited to see um, uh, uh, Tim Roth back. Uh, I just like yeah, him which, as an actor and I'm excited for him. He's in human form to... in that too. Yeah, well, they show him as Abomination at one point in the trailer when he's mm, in, yeah. like, you see him transforming. So I'm excited for that too. Um, I'm glad that they're kind of not completely throwing away stuff from the Hulk movie. Cause I know it's a lot of people's least favorite MCU movie, but it does have a special place in my heart. And I don't think it's nearly as bad as people chalk it up to be. 
I think it's definitely plain not. and basic. It's definitely plain and basic, but it's not it's not as bad as others say. So just in response to the CGI, yes, the trailer was rough, but literally from day one, there have been multiple trailers outside of Disney, but even within Disney and the MCU that are unpolished. It's because that they need something to get out and then they spend the next several months touching everything up. And this was before they even addressed it, you know, a couple weeks later or a few days later. Um, so everyone I talked to is like, oh, wait, blah, blah, are you excited for She-Hulk, man? It looks like shit. Doesn't The CGI looks like shit. I'm like, that's not what matters to me. If the CGI stays looking the way it does, it's a little disappointing because of Disney's budget. But that's not what's important to me personally. I think that if it's a great story and I'm I'm just stoked. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anything else you have to say? Um, no, I, I agree 100%. The The story is paramount to anything. And uh, as far as anyone bashing or saying that the show is bad because the CGI doesn't look great, uh, among other things, there's apparently some behind the scenes stuff going on where uh, Marvel or Disney, they they originally had Jen looking kind of like, uh, I believe it's Louisa is the muscle sister from uh, Encanto. Um, they they oh. had her looking like pretty muscular. And every mm-hmm. time Disney saw it, they're like, no, she needs to be leaner, leaner, leaner. And so like, that's part of why this, the animation is so rough is because mm-hmm. they didn't have time to refine the hair or anything like that because they're too busy right. trying to get her, her body, body to a point where Disney's like, yeah, that's sexy and still kind of toned mm-hmm. and muscular. And again, I'm like, I'm fine with that. Call sexism, if you will, but I think that's kind of because there are moments in the comics where Jen quote unquote hulks out and she gets much beefier and, and everything like that. And it's similar to the Hulk where if her powers are overdone uh, with her, either her emotions or just anything like that, then, you know, she tends to get beefier and hulkier, but uh, that's the one thing about Jen that I see more as a contrast to to regular Hulk, to Bruce, because with Bruce, all of his abilities and physique as the Hulk come from anger and fear and rage and PTSD and things like that. So it makes sense that, of course, you know, the angrier he gets, the more buff he gets. With Jen, uh, obviously it was a blood transfusion. And originally she, you know, it was a carbon copy. She got angry. She hulked out. That's that. But later as it progressed, I always thought it was, for me, the Hulk brings out what your inner self is. And for Bruce, because he's such a broken person in the comics, the Hulk brings out that rage, that pain, that hatred. But for Jen, it's kind of like she becomes her ideal self. And again, in some of the comic storylines, it's her coming to terms with, hey, She-Hulk is great, and I'm so happy that She-Hulk is who you wanted to be, but you have to remember that Jennifer Walters is awesome, too. Um, If there's anything else you want to say, otherwise I can just do my fast and furious (laughs) (laughs) points-by-points. I do have a couple quick things. Um, Again, if there's one thing I will bash in this trailer, it is the, the final shot of it, where we see Jen presumably carrying her date to the bedroom to go have some... Oh, no, 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 Mm-mm. no, there, there's nothing wrong with that moment. It's the guy that's getting carried like that's some uncanny valley. I don't know what the, what to do with my hands kind of shit. Like his arm is locked. It Like, have you uh... ever been carried? Have you ever been fireman carried or anything like that? Like, you don't just leave your arm like stiff there. Like you, you wrap your arms around the person's uh... neck or you do something like that. I don't it, know. That, it's not it, that it bad. Just, it looked just looked really unnatural and uncanny valley. Like he's clearly just on like a wire system. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. So like, <laughs> it, it, it bothered me it, that that took me out of it. Cause like, again, he, you don't want him to I whatever. I don't care. You can emasculate him. Who gives a shit just cause he's a big muscular guy. He's about to go get dominated, but, and stepped on by she Hulk, um, which yeah. I mean, yeah, dream come true. <laughs> Step on me green mommy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, again, like, who cares if he's maybe a little bit more feminine in that moment? Because again, he's not the, he's not the lead dog in that role. So let him do a few more things that kind of 
give Jen that ego boost. Like that yes. it doesn't matter. But he's just in there with his arm kind of tucked. Yeah. And- I'm I'm rewatching that one section. I, I kind of see what you mean. It's not as bad as you're making it out to be, but no, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's totally a me being stiff. a nitpick. I see. It, yeah. It's it's just an uncanny valley thing that makes me go, he's on a pulley. So like yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> the director couldn't the director couldn't just say like do something with your hands. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, like that, that's can... just just a weird uncanny valley complaint that I have. But mm-hmm. again, it's it's not like I'm going to go worst worst thing ever because the guy looked like he was uh, being carried by Garfield in the 2005's Garfield movie or something. <laughs> but like, I, I love the vibe of the trailer. Um, the CGI, I really don't care as long as the story is engaging. I do want to say real quick, uh, Jamila Jamil is going to be playing Titania. Just just to get it out there, because, again, she is awesome. And I think that's really good casting. Yeah. So the only other thing I have is a question for you, Beppo. Yes. Now that we are getting multiple Hulks, where do you think we draw the line at too many Hulks? Too many cooks. Ooh, too many cooks. Um, hmm. So I think... Marvel's going a little crazy, especially with multiverse stuff and bringing a lot of characters in. I feel like it would probably be a good idea for the time being to just have the two. Oh, and didn't the actor for General Ross just pass away? William Hurt just died, yeah, yes. uh, not too long ago, which I think that'll lead into a little bit of a, a small rewrite in the MCU because I think we are building towards like a Dark Avengers kind of thing. So I think that we'll get the Thunderbolts, which will be the UN or US government sanctioned Avengers team. And they'll yeah. nickname them the Thunderbolts after Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Cause I was going to say initially that um, later on a good foil, especially with the law. And, and like you said, maybe the Accords finally being brought up for the first time in a while. In a significant way. They mention them every now and then in yeah. passing is like a little plot yeah, point. Like, yeah. Oh, the, the Accords won't let you do that, but then we're yeah. not going to care about it. But um, it would be interesting to see them bring Red Hulk as a foil. But ideally, I would like to keep it at just two. Now, with Marvel kind of phasing people in and out and bringing in new versions of, you know, like kind of like the rookies. Yeah, like the rookies from the original buildup are now going to be the stars. It wouldn't surprise me if at one point they bring in Amadeus Cho. And I would be okay with that. Uh, Amadeus isn't my favorite character in the world, but I definitely do not dislike him. But I could, I could unfortunately see maybe Marvel taking it a little too far. I personally would be cool calling it with Bruce and Jen, just keeping it there. Bring in more of the villains. Because uh, there mm-hmm. are like Puppet Master and um, the Thinker and. But yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. And and to be fair with my personal preference versus what I think would work for the MCU, that's why I'm not on the consultant team for Marvel, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Putting it out there, I I do not like Red She-Hulk. I'm green all the way, baby. I don't care about Red She-Hulk. So just saying. (laughs) But it wouldn't surprise me if maybe in like a season two of She-Hulk or a movie, they bring in uh, bring in Red She-Hulk. Like, oh my god, my old love interest. Now she's a Hulk too. <laughs> the multiple Hulks just always start feeling a bit too cliched. Um, yeah. I think I only read one story with Red She-Hulk. And I think that was, I don't, I don't even remember when that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was back in like the Avengers versus X-Men days back in like 2012, which holy crap, that event's 10 years old already. Yeah. Don't um, remind me. <laughs> I know. I, maybe it was when Amadeus Cho took over as Hulk. Like I think Betty and Bruce were having a picnic or something by a river and something happened. And Betty's like, I gotta go. And he's like, Oh, I miss those days. And then she <laughs> hulks out and he's left to finish the picnic by himself. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to because I have talked to some people and they've they've brought up like, well, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm gonna slam down some cold hard Beppo facts. 
<laughs> Disclaimer, these are fully opinions and what little knowledge I have remaining in my two brain cells of comic books, not necessarily 100% factual <laughs> opinions. That said. A factual opinion, huh? Yes, a factual opinion. <laughs> uh, one, I had somebody say, well, well, when she's in the chamber and Bruce is telling her that she needs to let out the Hulk with rage and anger, I thought the whole point of She-Hulk was that she was in control of it. Okay, counterpoint. One, originally it was due to stress and anger. Two, she could be technically having trouble figuring out how to turn into She-Hulk. And of course, with Bruce... The only way he originally knew was, okay, through stress and anger and stuff like that. That's why he puts her in a death chamber. But I think I can even see there being a comedic moment of her figuring out she can do it at will and being like, you put me through that when I could do it by myself all along. <laughs> um, so poo-poo on that. Uh, I don't think that's what they're going to keep it as, obviously, because if it was through stress and anger, then she wouldn't just be confident herself. She would be affected by that mood-wise, you know. Um, I can also see maybe her having troubles controlling it or um, kind of a similar aspect to when we saw... Um, turning red and they were like oh if you transform into the panda it's going to be harder and harder to turn back well that's not even the case but maybe with with jen she starts having issues with transformations in some sort of way fun fact in the original she hulk run when she wasn't able to control her transformations through anything except for rage uh it was morbius that uh, came up with the serum to help her control her inner hulk I'm really hoping that there's not going to be any morbing out in the She-Hulk series. Jared Leto. Oh, it's, it's morbin time. It's morbin time. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. So I'm thinking that if there are issues, uh, more than likely uh, Bruce will figure it out. And who knows? Maybe there will be a side character that comes in. Hey, maybe we have Amadeus Cho in the background. Uh, not as a Hulk, but as a side character in a lab or something. Let me, I'm fast forwarding through the trailer just to make sure uh, <laughs> that I'm not missing anything. And we still haven't even seen uh, Hulk's buddy. What the heck is his name? Um, oh, oh, Rick. Oh my God. Why am I br blanking? Uh, um, Rick. Oh God. What's Rick? Rick what? <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> Rick. Rick no Jones. Ones, yes, I, I, I had the suit search it too. Yes. It's such a generic last name. It's not a it's I not know. like your typical Marvel name. <laughs> I wanted to keep saying Rick Flair, and that's a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Woo! that's not it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's all that I could think of. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to find see finally see them bring in Rick. That's uh kind of his buddy in crime, if if you will. Yeah, it's his Jimmy Olsen. Exactly. I already brought up uh, some of the stuff regarding the law firm, um, and you did too as well, because that was the same stuff I was thinking was either that this is before she She-Hulk and they want her to do it because she has connections to Bruce and they just don't want to put too much liability on, on them. And she's the newbie lawyer, so let's just throw it at the newbie, because in that way, if the superhero uh, department goes down, they have a scapegoat and can toss her out. Or exactly. maybe she gets the offer because she transforms into She-Hulk and they're like, sure, okay, cool, you're getting that. And of course it sounds like, you know, well, I don't want this press attention as a giant green woman. And throughout the series, she becomes more and more confident. Um, clearly, because she's taking compliments and just beautiful and sexy. So I'm all for that. Uh, also, a side note, I never had any kind of perfect casting choice for She-Hulk because that was just so difficult for me to picture. Uh, but Tatiana, uh, um, oh god, what's her last name? It's like Ma Ma Milani Maslany? or something. Milani, yeah, Milani. I think she's a fantastic pick. Uh, I think she's adorable. I think she's were, beautiful. And we were both kind of right. Tatiana Maslani. Maslani. Okay, thank you. She is an absolutely fucking fantastic actress. And in regards to the final scene, the one thing that I really appreciate with them bringing She-Hulk into it is she's she's not confident. You can tell she's bringing her confidence in just through the trailer and through the series. But She-Hulk has always, always been a promiscuous woman. And I love that about her because she doesn't wear it as 
as a badge of shame um, or, or anything like that. She She's a beautiful lady. She's a billion feet tall and green and she could step <laughs> on me all day. But the one thing that I I love about her is the fact that she's not shy about it. She's one of the few superheroes out there that shows her face um but like at least in comics she shows her face everybody knows who she is they know jennifer walters is she hulk and she's she's not ashamed to be like yeah hell yeah i'll have a hookup like that's totally fine i think the only hookup she ever regretted was juggernaut and they 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 quote unquote retcon that but whatever i think it's funny and uh you know sometimes one night stands are regrettable (laughs) and i think that's an example of one but the scene at the very end of course where the 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 guy is just sweet talking her and she's just like oh (laughs) like she's totally in the mood like you can tell she is she is like wow okay this didn't happen when i was just in law school okay i can see (laughs) all right i see where this is going and of course regardless of the awkwardness of the um the clear you know being carried by a rig as opposed to a giant green woman i absolutely love that scene i'm glad that they are keeping the most wonderful sides about her that i loved growing up and i hope that other people love seeing too and Fuck all you fucking assholes. It's the same people who are like, mm, Star Wars shouldn't do this and that. Everybody going, oh yeah, the, sh- the the Shrek movie looks good. Or or my favorite, my favorite one are the guys going, man, when is Marvel going to just stop doing gender swap characters? It's like, bitch, this character has existed since like the 80s. Like She's at least 40 years old stop. at this point. Yes. yes. Like you need to, you need to chill. You need to step back. And not only that, but that's one reason I like her is because unlike a lot of characters that do feel like just this character, but with boobs, um, she is such a unique character. That's why for most comic book fans and comic book readers, Jen is absolutely adored because she's funny she's sexy she does what she wants she's quippy um and for those who didn't know she was the original fourth wall breaker before deadpool even existed she was breaking the fourth wall uh in her own series and when she was on the fantastic four series there's a hilarious part where she turns to the camera she's like hey guys um i'm gonna have to stop talking to you for a while because reed thinks i'm insane <laughs> like, it's, it's incredible and they toned back on that a lot um which i understand you have deadpool now and he kind of takes it to the 11th power <laughs> out of a possible five um yeah but yeah i i stand by this trailer i stand by uh the actors and actresses i have seen so far um obviously anything can happen you know, I'm not going to defend something if it is a terrible decision. And I even defend the CGI because I can clearly tell that it is still being polished. I highly doubt this is what it's going to look like come release day. And even if it does, I don't care as long as the the acting, the story, the humor, the charm is there. Then she can look like a PS3 video game character for all I care. <laughs> Amen. So, yes. So I, Josh, (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I have been a She-Hulk fan since I was around two years old. I have been in love with her and I have been begging for this uh, outside of a very weird movie that came out with a wrestler named China <laughs> that I don't want to talk about because I might have thought that, hey, there was a She-Hulk movie and found out the hard way that it's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, early days of internet. But yeah, I, I, I've i sung my praises. Uh, I if I sat here and rewatch a trailer a hundred times, I'm sure I could come up with more to say, but we have lives to live. And beds to get into because it is very much beds to get into. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But there you go. You got your content. (laughs) I appreciate you uh, allowing me to use you for content because yeah, I I don't know that. I know Matt has a lot of knowledge towards the She-Hulk comics, but I don't know that he has the passion that you do, which is, why I wanted you to come on and even just talk about the trailer. And then as we 
get to the end of the series, we always do series recaps. We don't go week by week or like midweek mm-hmm. or anything yes, like you that. You can count it's, on me there. <laughs> these are these. I feel like these are stretched out movies. So like, I feel like taking them in as a whole is better than, well, what do you think this week? Let's project out. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Like, just, you got to take it as a whole and look mm-hmm. at it with, with the, the hindsight. Um, I don't think these are the kind of shows that even though they release week to week, I think they are meant to be taken in as a whole, but they want you to be talking about them. So that's why they stretch it out. Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And and so many times, especially, for example, when I was watching WandaVision week to week, I would see people online with their theories, but also being like, well, this is a plot hole and this doesn't make sense. But then by the next episode or by the end of the series, when things unravel, all of it's explained. So it's like, how can you say there's a plot hole when you don't have the full story? Like, wait, for because the complete. Internet. Yeah, because the internet, they like to And do it doesn't line up with my and... fan theory, therefore it's the worst thing ever. <laughs> yup, sounds about right. <laughs> Didn't even do Mephisto. Hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> Why isn't Jamila Jamil Mephisto? She's perfect for the role of Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto kaboom, guys. We got it. We got it. <laughs> like, guys, chill. I'm assuming we'll get Mephisto eventually. In fact, maybe... If Marvel ever decides to wrap up the MCU, that would be a great villain to kind of be the new big bad. But yeah, okay. Would, Mephisto I, would be I interesting. Will. But yeah, now we're now we're just rambling on because we're tired. Yes. So yes. we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Beppo, thank you again so much for being on here. <laughs> would you like to share any of your socials? Uh, I am not super active on social media, but I do have my Twitter. It's just twitter.com slash Beppo, B-E-P-B-O. Uh, which I'll be tagged on anyway. So, I mean, just click the link. Um, I lovingly do the artwork for T-Smack, even though I have fallen behind a lot recently. (laughs) Um, Thanks catching COVID and other life problems. But yeah, uh, I am very happy to be back in the... uh, in the co-host seat with you, Josh. Thank you again for letting me pour my heart out. It is always a pleasure to have you on. You always have a metaphorical seat next to me whenever you want it. Sweet. Well, okay. 100% (laughs) you can count me in for when, uh, when she hold concludes. So I will be there. I will, I will end the episode and I will walk over to my computer and I will scream at you, Josh, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) There, there is a a group thing that I want to do with a a live, uh, a stream. I have this really bad power Rangers game that, is four player co-op. It's trying to be castle crashers or the Scott Pilgrim game, but it's power Rangers, which again, if you watch the trailer, like that looks like it could be good. And then you play it and it's really basic and it's super short. So I think that would be a really fun stream to get like three other talking smack people bring their Xbox controllers over. And we just try and like sit down and beat it in like two hours. And just be like, wait, what? What? Wait, what? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Uh, that sounds like a plan. Awesome yeah, sauce. I, I think that'd be a lot of fun. I just got to figure out how to get that properly set up. Um, sure. But other than that, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Scar. Scar spelled as K-A-A-R. You can follow the podcast at Talking Smack Pod. You can email us at tsmackpod at gmail.com if you want to uh, share your thoughts on anything we review or that you think we might be reviewing. If you want to suggest something, if you want to get in contact with us for certain things, um, we are going to be cooling it on guests for a little bit because I am going to be starting a job transition soon. So I'm actually going to be on the road for some of these uh, recording sessions. And I don't know that my computer will be able to handle uh, hotel Wi-Fi with three people streaming in for a recording session. So um, I I am going to cool it on guests for a little bit while I get that figured out and I settle into a new role. Um, but I will try to keep content coming as it is, but we will be taking a, a one week break before episode 50 comes out because I'll be taking a road trip and I don't have an episode canned, but that tangent over, please like subscribe review. We are on Apple podcasts, Spotify, good pods, and other podcast players. And believe that is it. Oh, please leave reviews. Reviews help us, uh, with, uh, exposure. If you like what we do, yes. if you like what we're saying, if you don't like what we're saying, you know, you can leave a bad review too, but at least leave feedback. I appreciate feedback more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. For sure. Let us know what, uh, 
what else you want us to talk about? And if it's pretty swell, maybe we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we are still taking donations for the National Kidney Foundation that we're doing. Uh, we're partnering with the Voluntary Input podcast uh, hosted by Leo, a friend of the show. And uh, the link to donate will be in that description. Last I saw, we had a goal of $1,000 and we were at about $390. So we're, we're doing pretty good, oh, but uh, awesome. we've got... We've got the rest of the month to get to that thousand dollar goal and that all goes towards cancer research. So um, no one sees a dime of it other than PayPal, who is required through the foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, So they get their cut and then the rest goes to the National Kidney Foundation. Uh, So the link is in the description. Again, you can find Beppo. Uh, We'll have her stuff linked. And thank you again for listening. Everyone take care. Take care. Please, August, come right now. Watch Star Trek. No. Autocorrect has been insane lately. Dude, okay, so side tangent, but my phone keeps autocorrecting CAN, C-A-N, to all capital letters CNA, like a nursing CNA (laughs) or something like that. And I have never, ever once on my phone ever intentionally wrote CNA for anything. And I'm like, okay, well, why? Why are you doing this to me? I'll be like, well, I can I can see if I can get it to work. And I'll be like, I can CNA get it to work. <laughs> and I'm like, stop this madness. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's um, absolutely fine. Like the my my guys <laughs> at the Lords of Swine, they know whenever we when I, it seems like whenever the Lords of Swine and uh we interact online, uh either via Twitter or something, like autocorrect will always without fail screw something up and mm-hmm. it's it's so awful do you know how many times i look like an idiot when i'm on my phone or messenger or discord and i'm like man i want these people to at least think that i have more than a single brain cell and i can spell but my phone does not help at all yeah so like my my wife texted me earlier today and said she got dessert for for the girls because uh she's getting strawberries i don't like strawberries so uh, she's gonna make strawberry shortcake and uh, so i was like oh lucky them but my phone changed lucky them. As soon as I finished swiping them, it went lick then. What the (laughs) hell does that even mean? How does lick then as in like a time and play or like a time make more sense than lucky them? I, I, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like context matters. Swipe text and autocorrect. Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, God.